Hi, welcome to Space Bras, the podcast for bad bitch sci-fi nerds. I'm Mary, and is with, and with me is the majestic lavender bouquet luxuriating in Martha Stewart's farmhouse sink, Kate. What up, girl? Oh, hello. So excited to be here with you today. Wouldn't you just love to to be an item in Martha Stewart's home? <laughs> like, yes, her perfectly curated home. Because she seems yeah. to really care about things, so it wouldn't be so oh, bad to be a thing there. Uh, Mary, what are we here to discuss today? We are here to discuss Janelle Monet's album and emotional film, Dirty Computer. Yes. Yes. Her emotion picture. If you're not familiar with Janelle Monet, keep listening. It, it's great. We'll, we'll tell you what you've been missing out on and correct your life. We'll fix this for you. <laughs> fix it, Jesus. Fix it, space Jesus. She's a badass. She's a badass musician. She's also an actress. She was in Best Picture winner Moonlight. She's going to be in Jordan Peele film called Noir Town, where she plays like basically a Hitchcock type character. But the way I fell in love with her and that many people met her was through her music, uh, where she engages in a sci-fi narrative of being an android from outer space who falls in love with a human and is therefore oppressed and hunted. And her journey as uh, as the electric lady, as this amazing musician in this world, but just one robot among many of her own make and model. This is a slight departure. We've moved on to from Cindy Mayweather to Jane 57821 by uh, dropping Cindy though staying in that world and going with Jane, which is so much closer to Janelle, she was trying to embrace someone who felt more like a mirror image of herself. So we are watching Jane's uh, journey in a world of dirty computers. Janelle Monet was basically saying that, um, of course, she had a really intense and wonderfully prolific relationship, like a mentor relationship with Prince. Um, he obviously thought she was amazing and saw a lot of talent in her and they worked together. And when he died, she said it really made her rethink how she was, her stage personas and the stories she was telling. And basically she she was saying that she still was obsessed with all of the themes that she was interested in and the way it was being told. But she kind of felt like there was this um, piece of herself that she was holding back, a vulnerability she was holding back by creating such stylistic characters and that it was time it was time for her to kind of bust out and and present a more personal piece which this definitely is yeah i don't need to like over fangirl about it but we're gonna get basically a background of like just the plot overview real quick dirty computers computers who have bugs computers that are different computers that are outside the binary outside the norm are being taken in and cleaned uh that they're trying to strip away everything that makes these computers, these uh, androids, unique. Yeah, and non-compliant. And, um, and non-compliant, yes, well, non-compliant. And it, what's interesting is, and I think she kind of plays with this idea, I think almost it's fair to assume almost that maybe people aren't, maybe these people aren't really robots. <laughs> like maybe, she says, like, they started calling us computers. Like that's the first thing. The first scene is you see... They're they're just kind of people. They don't ever come back. But there's there's a there people two naked people kind of standing in this hazy, gray space. Like it kind of it reminds me of like in the beginning. It's like one of those scenes. Yeah, it's one of these perfect like sci-fi like retro scenes of like a lot of smoke and like you flashing between people and like on the screen there's overlaid text right explaining like 
who they are and what their what their malfunctions are, basically. what their bugs are. And so, yes. so it, it's not really clear if if people are if we've now go, go, progressed to the point where you know we always we always think about our own biology in terms of our most advanced technology because we are all so obsessed with ourselves um, and think that Ooh, we are. I really like that. Right as a reading, I. Yeah, I know that she has said, like, cause she, even when uh, Monet is being interviewed, she talks about how, like, she wrote it for all the dirty computers out there. So, you know, she's, she's progressed the dialogue to being a very centered um, off the screen, like, to, around humans. But because, you know, she's still an artist who uh, whose origin work was rooted in this kind of science fiction uh, android-ness, it does seem like her world um, is sometimes overlaid with that. Like, the way that down to her lyrics, like, made a fandroid out of your girlfriend, which, <clears throat> yes, you did. Yes. Yes, indeed you did, ma'am. <laughs> you but, sure uh, did. Um, you sure did. Yeah, so I think it's really cool that it's it's not it's not necessarily clear. It just seems like sort of they've used this metaphor so that we can understand that we are just p- big processors. That's what our brains are. And if there is something in our processor that doesn't fit with the operating system, that society has put on us, what they're going to do is they're going to run a virus scan and they're going to yank it out. So it's it's like putting it in terms as if this is like we're taking our good medicine, we're being good stewards of the technology that is us, but actually yeah. actually it's just it's just oppression. <laughs> like yeah, absolutely. So we open with with Jane coming in and you were so brave to that whole series of numbers i'm just gonna call her jane for the rest of it um jane (laughs) as portrayed by um janelle monet being wheeled in on this incredible floating gurney and they Mm. go into um this cleaning room everyone's all white and their gold metallic accents yep janelle monet has such a, a strong personal look and that is in here, but then she's layered it and, and and kind of braided it together with all of these really highbrow other science fiction visual references from other like kind of psychedelic future facing ideas. Totally. And if you think, not necessarily you, Kate, but like if the universe thinks <laughs> that that room she goes into that has that big like egg-like ceiling and then that big coffin-like window in it is not James Terrell, come at me, because that's what that is. You have kind of this room where they make it look like you're going to be reborn, which is uh, like a direct callback to James Terrell's piece, Atten Rain, which was a uh, reference to the sun. And it looks like this big egg and you like lay on the floor and you look up at it and it changes colors. I've seen this in person. It's amazing. James Terrell is an American artist. He does like a ton of light and space installation pieces that's what interests him Mm -hmm. and sort of tricking your mind and seeing things in voids or fills or shadows that you that aren't actually there and kind of bending bending perception in that way so i think that combining those two things together is really smart she's taken she's taken this and it's part of her world so you see her sitting under this egg and it's supposed to be a situation where she's being reborn but actually the entire thing is controlled by these two men in like bland white clothing who are sitting in a yeah. who are sitting in a grave dis- killing her <laughs> like preparing her for death yeah. that's it that's what's yeah. going on in this room yeah destroying everything that makes her her yep yeah no it's interesting that we have this 
two men again that are kind of the string pullers. I also love just like the basic tiny filming techniques that they use to just sell the sci-fi-ness when uh, people are breathing out smoke while we play in reverse so it's coming into them and anytime that the dirty computer is not ready to accept that they need to be cleaned and to like give in like go with themselves they're hit with a gas called nevermind that knocks them out um and they kind of forget who they are throughout these back scenes we'll call it like you know story a it starts after jane has been captured and jane is being put through this cleansing process and then story b is we're watching these cleaners, these two men behind a counter, basically looking at her memories as they delete them. So we get to see her past through these beautiful music videos. In emotional order. Yes, in emotional order. And this plot A, though, is so like, it's still so like stark and so 80s and so science fiction and, and perfect. And these two things work in tandem to tell this overall story, which leads to our first song, wherein Jane meets... Zen, a woman she falls in love with. And that song is Crazy Classic Life. Oh, I love this song. I love this song. I like all the songs, but I don't know. I, this is this is like, this is one of my favorites. You're watching these two gorgeous black women who are clearly like living their best lives, riding down the road, listening to a song. And the only lyric you hear is, you're so damn electric cute. And I, I love that, by the way. And that's oh. from a song that's not featured in the video except for that amount called Juice. And then this robot comes up on them, this flying little robot pod. And they're in this like sex pistols, kind of black leather with studs. But she has like rainbow eyeshadow and they flash the IDs that have to be scanned are triangles, which are a traditional queer symbol. And they look so frustrated and irritated because they're getting cult pulled over by the cops. And this is like a, a scary, dangerous situation. But when the cops leave this weird, like little like cop robot watcher eye thing, they jump out of the car and this song starts because they actually had three friends in the trunk and suddenly it's five bad bitch humans riding down the highway singing a song that's first lines are young, black, wild and free naked in a limousine and that on its own just the freedom and joy of that first line and the subversiveness of the fact that like we really do corner off i feel like black women away from being able to like have that level of freedom and joy in the way we portray them so that insulin comes to verses and maybe this would be the good time for us to talk about race and the fact that we are definitively white oh yeah that's what really good i think it's a great idea i also want to point out that juice is the first is like what you hear and then the beginning of that song is a spoken word piece of the declaration of independence you told us that we hold these truths to be self-evident that all men and women are created equal and they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights among them are life liberty and 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 the and the pursuit of happiness is what this opens with. It's this amazing moment of like the camera panning on like people's faces in this dark room and they no one's smiling, but everyone's looking like kind of unflinchingly. And then immediately it kicks off Young Black Wild and Free. So I've watched this with as many people as will sit down and watch this with me. It's really lovely to watch it with other people because everyone seems to have the same reaction. Like there are those same moments where everybody's like heart just kind of melts. And she says like, we don't need another ruler. All of our friends are kings. Everybody smiles at that part. And I love that it's, it's kings. We're not even playing with gender here you know what i mean i genuinely feel like that's supposed to be like no we're superseding all of that it's not like 
deprioritizing the female voice because this whole thing is a freaking celebration of black women womenhood black people in general uh, queer kids what monet said about it in a rolling stones interview was i want young girls young boys non-binary gay straight queer people who are having a hard time dealing with their sexuality dealing with feeling ostracized or bullied for just being their unique selves to know that I see you. This album is for you. Be proud. I also love the part. Right after that, all of my friends are kings. I am not America's nightmare. I am the American dream. And that was the line I was thinking of because everybody who, like, I'm watching that with when that happens too, like, everyone's just like, yeah, because yes. Yeah. There are a couple times where I feel like this song is almost written directly for me as even just a white woman, not like for me, but but kind of to me and discussion with me, like this is such an inclusive uh, piece of art, but like when, when she's addressing you and, and saying me and you was friends, but to them we the opposite, the same mistake. I'm in jail. You on top of shit. I mean, she's talking to Mark Zuckerberg. You know, all I want was to break the rules like you. All I want was someone to love me too. But no matter where I was, I always stood up. Black Waldo dancing with the thick brows. We were both running naked at the Luau. We were both on shrooms, praying face down, waist down. Remember when they told you I was too black for you? Now I'm, my black's popping like a bra strap on you. And she's not fucking wrong. Like, no one in my immediate family would have been like, ah, oh, you can't listen to that music. And I was, I'm lucky enough to live in Atlanta, but there's so much internalized racism and everything. But she's right. Literally every part of her is <laughs> popping on me like a bra strap. She just has so much energy and confidence and exudes just this power and charisma and cool and like yeah she's right it's crazy that there is a portion of our population literally if we made the same mistakes would not think twice about the fact that her life would get fucked up about it yeah so she brings it in as like wild and free and then all of the stuff she describes are things that are you might personally not feel comfortable being naked in a limousine but none of them are crimes all of them are yeah. all of them are yeah. things like maybe you don't want to have sex in a swimming pool, but it is not a crime to do that. Like right. it is okay and that and we should support other people if they wish to do that. Right. So um she and the Fab Five all roll up in their tricked out Luke Skywalker land speeder. Yeah. There's a big faction of white people that are just David Bowie lookalikes that are amazing. Like a bunch of queer women dressed just like David Bowie. And men, genderless David Bowie. Yeah, I have no idea. They are truly androgynous. So the people who are at this party, there are three groups, which is crazy because it feels like there's so much more, but they're very interesting. So you have the Bowies. They reference David Bowie kind of at the stage of Ziggy Stardust, the famous picture of him in the blue suit with the bright orange hair and the blue eyeshadow. They're all kind of variants of that, but like all different colors of the rainbow. And then you have punks, which are basically people wearing like plaid and they're they have more kind of angular lines in their clothing. And they are traditionally what you would think of when you would think of like an 80s punk. And then you have this is the second like sort of like weird inside reference. You have all these people in big, tall, like wide brimmed hats. And those people are Holy Mountain people. So Holy Mountain was a another like trippy. It's super long, though. Janelle Monet is much more um, respectful of our time um, as a trippy like 1973 cult film, which just like Dirty Computer deals with like issues of personal freedom and sexual liberation, but does so with the auspices of um, basically people turning f like human fecal matter into gold. It's a very weird yeah. movie. But those people are all there. And they they all there's like a whole faction of these people that dress exactly like those <laughs> like like these people in this party. Yeah. So Holy Mountain is at this party. 
which is cool, <laughs> which is cool and brings in a whole like South American Mexican influence to this which is very interesting to me. Additionally, additionally the head shaving scene too is from Holy Mountain. It's one of these people with the big white hats um that we see when Zen is Tessa Thompson playing Zen who uh, will almost immediately steal the heart of Jane. If she's shaving a reverse mohawk in these two queers and painting a uh, a pink stripes on their scalps as she seems to be conducting some sort of unity ceremony. And it's just this beautiful visual. But Mary, you were just saying that that's from Holy Mountain as well. Yeah, there's just like a scene where um, you can they kind of play with this idea. There's a lot of tarot in it. The two main characters are based on um, different tarot cards. Um, and she actually calls it back. There's a she talks about we don't need a, another ruler. We don't need another fool. Both of those are characters from Holy Mountain. There's also a reference, it's early on, but you see it pro- like prominently in this particular um, this particular scene where you see that Janelle Monet has a tattoo of a crucified um, feminine Jesus on her forearm. Mm-hmm. And in Holy Mountain, one of the major plot points is that the fool comes to this town and gets his taste for gold by allowing the townspeople to cast his body and use it as a like use it to create crucifixes so that he becomes he becomes the the ultimate sculpture of Jesus in this town which i think is really interesting so it's sort of like a a yeah that's fascinating for him and for her she is saving herself she is her own savior all of our friends are kings. We are all we are all the people who are, who are dying on the cross for ourselves. I'm so glad you brought that up. Uh, we see many times on Jane's arm this tattoo. So we later find out that Zen, who is a Holy Mountain-esque character, drew for her um, and she gets tattooed on her arm. What I want to say here is I feel like Janelle Monet is so smart. She's so smart. I would have never thought of anything like this. And I don't think many other people are. And her, yes. her reference, her like, she's like hit the books. She knows what she's doing. Her references yeah. are so interesting and varied. If it appeals to her, it's in there. And she also like fully understands it. It's not like this is not appropriation because she's done the work <laughs> behind it. She gets it. And you're right. This is exactly how you avoid appropriation. Uh, same way you avoid cliches, specificity, knowing what you're talking about, and being res- and being respectful. Do it as like an act of love, and like because everything she does, like that's the people I'm having watch this are not necessarily even our dream fan base of super sci-fi nerds. They are people who just like music and are so able to buy in because she is so incredibly thoughtful and talented and good at what she is doing. Well, and you definitely want to go to her party, which I think is ultimately... Oh, hell yeah! Yeah. Well, that's what we're all doing. We're all going to her party. We're all going to her party. these videos. And so it's all the parts of a party that are a really good time. And then, of course, it gets busted up by... By the cops, as all good parties. But in this case, (laughs) they're going (laughs) to drag them away and take all their memories about this and, like, expunge them. In this case, we already know that the stakes are high because we start off being introduced after she's been caught and we see her get grabbed and, you know, it it could be that's when she's caught. But Che, the gentleman that she is also involved with and has already been involved with before she meets Zen, comes in 
and then intervenes and punches the cop while uh, she ends and run away. And it's not like a triumphant moment of one punch and you're down. Like it is like a we are fighting for our lives. It is a scene that is so familiar to us in 2018 at this point yeah. where you see someone, a, a person of color, basically demanding that their rights be respected. And then they are they are pushed to the ground and forced to submit. And that happens. And actually later you see that scene. I had to watch this a couple times to really pick up on it. You see that the cleaners have saved that little piece. They've cut out all of the party part and they've just saved that little piece of it, of that memory and are watching it and eating popcorn and laughing. Yikes. Yeah. <laughs> it's real tough. Yeah, no. It's really tough. Absolutely. Um, well, and we, and we see at the end of this video sequence um, that, the faces we saw at the beginning uh, in the dark unflinching or the people who have been caught who are about to be taken in and have their memories wiped. The people who are handcuffed and on the sidewalk at the end of this party. So at the end of the song, we come back into a room with our dear Jane as Zen enters and she's so excited to see her and says, you know, I never thought I'd see you again. And they're in this clinical room and uh, Zen is all in white as well. And she's wearing this geometric gold kind of crown thing on her head and introduces herself by a new name as uh mary apple mary apple some numbers <laughs> I, is she 54 yes i do believe that is it and says she's a torch so she's here to uh bring jane into the light and ask jane if that's what she wants to be called because that's what the chart says so she doesn't recognize her or remember her and this is you know devastating someone who thought she had lost her lover forever and then sees her and finds that this person doesn't even remember her we fade to the two men behind the computer as they initiate a new round of processing and we are treated to a very different kind of musical number i would argue i don't think that this is supposed to be a memory at all i feel like this is supposed to be like honestly like the default of this is back when i think that we're still dealing with robots and this is the default uh, robot settings uh because never mind's being issued and it's song directly literally technology related take a bite spelled b-y-t-e <laughs> about uh sex being sung by this robot kind of not to anyone except for to the audience um in what is uh distinct musical choice because later on it's at least all through a screen but this doesn't seem to even be something that's on the screen this seems to be like during the montage of work happening yeah you know what i mean when i <laughs> listen to it and don't watch it like just like i just listen to it the album on like spotify this just kind of like is like a filler for me it's it's good i don't mind it i would never just like put this on a playlist by itself it's it's not it just isn't for me that's fine that's not a thing what what I did get really into it watching it, and I really enjoy the interplay of that because there are songs that I immediately fell in love with. Like, I immediately fell in love with Crazy Classic Life when I heard it, and then I saw it and I fell in love with it more. Sure. But then there are songs that yeah. I was just like, meh, take a bite, okay. And, like, I didn't even, I didn't even like, kind of process it. But when you have it um, in the scene, the main visual, I would say, that goes with this song in the video and the film is Janelle Monet tied up with her fantastic braid that has the big ring in it sort of sticking out at mm -hmm. this like acute angle 
and she's tied up in this stuff that looks like it's glow stick rope, basically. And there are other women that are kind of tied up that are sort of like in the place, I guess, of background dancers, sort of. Like that's where they would be, but they're all suspended from the ceiling, so nobody's moving. Everyone is very still, and like the women in the background are kind of just like slowly like twirling, spinning a little bit. And so the song is, um, is sexual, and it's sort of about like... You're attracted to me. I'm attracted to you. We're not supposed to be attracted to each other, but come take a bite. I yep. won't tell anybody. So, and I think, yeah. right? No, and I so, got... Okay. Yeah. Like that's, that's a song. Like, like, you know, songs like that exist in the world. It's not really, I didn't personally identify with it right away because that's not where I'm in my life. Sure. But yeah. watching it here, I mean, it's about Mary Apple, right? So to me. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it has such amazing, like, uh, you know, like, lasers, you know, like, flowing over her, too, like, while she's in this perfect, like, white, like, minimal cleaning gown. Yeah. To me, this song in this story is about religion. It obviously has, like, religious undertones. I would say that the name Mary Apple is, like, a combination of the Virgin Madonna, as well as Mary Magdalene, the whore. And then with yes. Apple, right, it's like, it's it's the fall of Eve is the apple. Yeah. So, and then you have Janelle Monet, who's kind of like trussed up and maybe in sort of like a, she's she's like tempting you, but she's also totally powerless. Like she cannot move. Yeah. It's the only time. Absolutely. It's basically the only time in this where she doesn't move ever. Yeah. And to me, this... Yeah, it's the most passive we see her the entire right. time because everything else is so empowered and strong, which is why I feel like it has to exist narratively in a slightly different space. And when we meet her and she rolls in, she's kind of wearing this, like, white bikini thing that has, like, a big, mm-hmm. very exaggerated V. Like, it's kind of like a, it's a halter neck and it comes out down into, like, sort of a triangle shape. But that first yeah. outfit really reminds me of um, Leia's gold bikini in that... It's uh, like, yes. especially, especially the, the bottom part of it, it has sort of the same lines of it. If you attached a skirt to that, it would be Leia's gold bikini. Then they kind of dress all the, all the women when they're getting cleaned into sort of these white body suits, but they still have all of the shapes yeah. from that first bikini in it. They have this big, like triangular, like kind of collar that is the same as that it's just now over a bodysuit and they have these belts that are the same shape as the bikini just it's a belt now and to me what this is about is it's about you have these societies where everyone is supposed to be um, clean they're not dirty anymore they've drained as Janelle puts it they've drained off all the dirt right but but actually yeah. what you've done is you've just slapped on a bodysuit underneath your bikini because you're still supposed to be that person somewhere inside. You're still supposed to have sexuality. Yeah. So it's this whole Madonna horror complex, and she's kind of playing with this idea that religion puts you in an oppressive situation where you have to be virginal, but you still have to have an apple that people want to bite, and you still have to let the right people bite it. You just can't tell anybody about it. Yeah. Yeah, no, and that's I love what they're that. doing with cleaning. This is not this. It is ideologically corrupt in and of itself. It is not just yeah. humanitarily corrupt or morally corrupt. The ideology itself doesn't make any goddamn sense. They're not doing what they said yeah. they wanted to do. 
Alternatively, I also think that this is torture. No, they and they yeah, they look like you'd be hanging on meat yeah. hooks. And so this is this is where I'm gonna argue that I think that this is the place where it's like robots, definitely robots. And by robots I mean androids. Come on guys, we're all we know what's going on. Just because uh both the image of like all right, they're being clean and they're being like kind of like, you know, hung like um like so many pieces of equipment and machinery, which could also just be commentary on justification. But the lyrics are all just like the title, Take a Bite, having that, you know, electric lady vibe to it. Just going to read a couple yeah, lyrics. Please do. Your code is programmed not to love me, but you can't pretend. Oh, what a surprise. So going off of what you're saying, we're like, you're not supposed to. Um but you do like you're not supposed to but you're supposed to want to you're coded yes. so that you want to but then you're coded to believe that you're not supposed to that's the yeah like that is like what it's getting around this is this is this fun friction the the, the virginal horror complex creates that um there's never like a good place to stand and my random access memory wants you to come again i just <laughs> wanted you know just just needed to pull those those little gems out of uh of no, I agree. It, it does look like they're like lined up in cold storage. It reminded me of Westworld when you see the storage. Yes, areas. indeed. And everybody's in like, in, and they're all in like uh, dry cleaning bags. Next thing we see is we're cutting to Zen, Jane, and Che, who clearly after that first house party have all come together. And suddenly one of those pesky police robotic orbs seems to start to appear and our our team disperses and what feels like an like eighties high school movie. Like, you know what I mean? Like everyone's running a different direction to get out of Dodge. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's definitely a everybody scram. And so they're, they're running to avoid uh, this robot while we're hearing this amazing song screwed. Um, this is my favorite song. I think I love that. So it starts off with this beautiful nihilist kind of seemingly nihilistic piece um called let's called screwed that's um refrain is let's get screwed i don't care you fucked the world up now we'll fuck it all back down and that's like that's what makes it less nihilistic is it's it's like no we'll do something about it but like i can't fix everything right this moment while you're doing it so instead of like just being miserable um i don't care like i'm i'm gonna I don't care in the way that I don't care about you and we're going to fix it later. But, you know, let's it's we've talked about this a lot together privately about like that little bit of. Yeah, numbing you got fu- to you fuzz survive, it up, you know, and yeah. parting. Yeah. To like to, to fuzz yeah. it up to make everything a little bit easier. And that seems to be like what this song well, is, a celebration. Of yeah, the, it's like, just very it's very practical body. We're going to crash. Yeah, your it's party. It, it's very practical. And it, it the empowerment that it I think it offers is to suggest that. You know, there there's a lot there's a lot to be afraid of, and there's a lot of stuff that needs to be addressed. One of the things, the most personal things you can do for yourself to help you get through this and to help you fight the good fight, is to take ownership and um, and, and figure out what gives you pleasure, and then make sure that you get that regularly. So yeah, it's, and that's the thing. So it's a juxtaposition of like. Um, the sexual <clears throat> of sexuality and sex of let's get screwed you know like let's um let's be sex crazy and the the screwed nature of the, and the nihilism of like 
We are living in a I wanted to talk about, she does, right now. Uh, I think it's really cool here that she pretty much, and, and I think it's smart, in this, she basically, the, the atrocities she talks about are all violent acts. And they they particularly name check violent gun violence in this. So I, I the there the verse two yeah. is I want to get screwed on a holiday. I want to get screwed in a matinee. I want to get screwed at a festival. I want to get screwed like an animal. So you could interpret this, and indeed before, well, or you could I, interpret you this should. as yeah. just like kind of fun and exotic ways to have sex. Right. <laughs> like like having sex in a movie theater, like, yeah. you know, Alanis yes. Morissette. We know all about this. Like, yeah. But I think actually what's going on <laughs> here and is that she's talking about moments of um, gun violence. Right. So Over matinee Colorado. is Colorado. Uh, Holiday is the Parkland shooting, which happened on Valentine's Day. Festival is obviously Las Vegas. And screwed like an animal is just she yeah. wants to be shot. Like we talk about that, like, shoot, you know, shoot him down like a dog. Like yeah. we shoot people as if they are just yeah. animals. Um, and the fact that this is kind of tied in and kind of put in to oppose you know, personal pleasure with inflicted pain is a really interesting idea. And I like that. I like yeah. the way that it's played out here. Zen uh, is playing this trumpet like in her band. And then we see that like it actually has like a camera lens in it. So she's circling Jane and Zen as Jane is singing to Zen. See if everything is sex except sex, which is power. You know, power is just sex. You screw me and I'll screw you too. Everything is sex which is sex, which is power. You know, power is just sex. Now ask yourself who's screwing you. And it's this line, like, the fact that, like, yes, we're talking about sex, we're also talking about <clears throat> destruction and atrocities. Like, because these things are not unrelated because sex is about power dynamics and power is just about sex. And I'm blurring these lines intentionally. And it's just this really beautiful shot because it's done through this, like, uh, fisheye lens because it's being filmed through um, Zen's trumpet camera and it's a it's a little beautiful reprieve <clears throat> before our outro where uh, she says a hundred men telling me to cover up my areolas while they block an equal pace spin on the Coca-Colas fake news fake booze fake food what's real still in the matrix eating on the blue pills um, we are watching through, we are marching through the streets they're blocking every bill um, and that just talking about what you're talking about, like, uh, this, like, we're trying to exist, but the bottom line is like, we're not making our own decisions. There is like a top echelon of power where they're telling us how we should live our lives. And that like, like are down to like the fact that our nipples are different from men's nipples yeah. and like need different treatment that like, we shouldn't be paid the same amount of money, even though they are like, <clears throat> benefiting and seeing back and like, and then they're promoting these ideas of things like fake news and like asking for fake boobs and food that's disgusting and full of just chemicals. And like, but, but this whole thing, this never mind that we keep on being hit with, uh, it's asking you to not think too hard about it. Like that's what this whole new system she's being, that they're trying to indoctrinate in her in. Um, Zen at one point very soon talks about how like it's easier to just not think and that's you know I, I love that she talked about blue pills instead of 
red pills because red pills become synonymous with um, men's rights activists. But um, the bottom line is, I almost wish we didn't touch the matrix at all. But like that's my yeah. own beef with MRA activists than anything. I but yeah, like, no, it's it's an incredibly beautiful, I feel like amazing song. In that moment, because I kind of went through that too. Um, I think really what she's just saying is she's like, she's like, I've clocked it. Like she knows, you know, it's it's just another layer of of her being like, I've done the work. I know that you I know yeah, that absolutely. you are trying to co-opt like men's rights activists are trying to co-opt the concept of exposing the future and seeing what's real and seeing what's possible. Yes, seeing what's real as being but like, you no, are agree, taking it in the, in, in the you are you are using that and saying that this is what's possible. This is what's real for something that isn't real. Whereas she is playing in the space where she's saying, I want to see what's possible so that I know that I can thrive and just live my life. Right. I think she's basically like kind of kind of letting men's rights activists know that know that she sees what they're doing and she knows what's going on. Like she does not appreciate it because they are they are in her house in this moment. Yeah. Like, they need to back off. It's not cool to yeah. co-opt future vision in a way that sends us back into the dark ages. It's not cool. Agreed. I do. Uh, I I so the I played around with the thought about the everything is sex except sex, which is power. I kind of I'm not sure if I completely agree with it. that's a very famous quote. It's often misattributed to Oscar Wilde. I think it was part of a uh, like an kind of an earlier book about um, like sexual politics and from a feminist perspective, and it was about it was saying that you know women have the the only thing women have vis-a-vis men is we have the power to not have sex with them so they they rape us to take away our power basically which i do which i do Mm -hmm. kind of agree with but i do love the part where you say where she says ask yourself who's screwing you and it's sort of like that's to me like kind of you know somebody is going to screw you why don't you make it on your own terms so then this flows this the the song ends with unfortunately our our heroes walking up out of this basement where they've been <clears throat> avoiding the robot and Zen being taken and Jane having to be physically restrained by her companions so that she doesn't call out and um, and get caught herself because she's so heartbroken that they've got Zen who is just smiling like Tessa Thompson does in her beautiful, gorgeous, floaty way. Um, so then we fade into this really incredible song, uh, Janelle Monet uh, sings called Django Jane, um, which is a beautiful piece of hip hop that was released on its own before the album dropped. Uh, it has an amazing video with so many great quotes. So she starts off um, and she says, and we're going to start a motherfucking pussy riot or we're going to have to put them on a pussy diet. Look at that. I guarantee you I've got them quiet. Look at that. I guarantee you they're all inspired. And I love that. I think that initially when you read that, you're like, oh, we women need to stop having sex with these men who treat us terribly, which is, I guess, not terrible advice. But she actually suggests that it's more like when you go on like a like a grapefruit diet. She's like, no, if if they will not listen to us, we are just going to keep shoving our pussies down their throats until they have to listen to us. And I love that so much more. It's the opposite of not having sex with them. Well, saying, you, nah, well dude. you might not have sex with them, but you're putting them on an all pussy diet. <laughs> like that, that is all they're going to yeah. eat. That's all they're going to see. That's all they're going to hear. That's all they're going to feel until they they get it. Yeah. 
she's taking a run at the EGOT. She talks about, so she's got an, she's already got an Oscar for Moonlight. Yeah. No. And like, I love how like boisterous this is like a lot of uh, traditional um, hip hop. Yeah. Talking about like already got an Oscar for the Casa running down Grammys with the family. Probably get a Tony, the homies probably get an Emmy dedicated to the highly melanated Arkin droid orchestrated. And I love that because describing um, blackness as just being highly uh, melanated Arkin droids is it's just clever wordplay. She's just she's a bad so clever. guy. She's Come so clever. on. She is the she's she's a goat. Um she is the greatest of all time. Uh, and would anybody doubt it? Uh, and the answer is no, and that is the line from the end of the song. Um, I also love um Jane Bond. Yeah. Bond. Never Jane Doe. Never Jane Doe. I love that line. Yeah, I'm gonna be the outspoken, powerful person here. We gave you life, we gave you birth, we gave you God, we gave you earth. We've been the future, don't make it worse. You want the world, but what's it worth? I made a boy android out of your girlfriend. Hit the mute button, let them ju- the vaginas have a monologue. You know what I mean? Like, it's all these little sweet moments um, of feminism and power and, like, empowerment. This whole album is a story of hope and power, and that's just, it's incredible. It's special. It's like nothing else that's out there. And I don't mean that in that nobody has tried to do anything like this. I'm saying that nobody has done it quite this way. I've never seen I've and never seen anything quite this powerful and specific, but also intersectional. Which I think we should which I think we should yes. usher into talking about pink. So what's so cool is you Perfect. go from screwed, which is I think highly I don't know anybody now regardless of your politics who doesn't feel like the world is out of control and there's nothing anyone can do about it truly or the what you can do about it is so minuscule that you feel powerless and screwed so you go from you Absolutely. go from like a very general statement which has like moments of specificity which give you hooks so that you can relate to it to then um Django Jane which is very personal and so it's her saying like I have this fear I have this rage I have these these nihilistic thoughts and now I'm going to tell you like how it is to live my life as me going through that so then she goes very personal and then immediately it bumps up against just the most delightful number called pink which is about vaginas and (laughs) it is and how like literally we're all pink in our deepest interior corners so like she has gone her way to say off record and so has um Tessa Thompson I mean off record not as in like privately but as in um outside of the album that this is not just about no. vaginas but it is it is literally for all women and they say specifically women because that is the Eric is like um <clears throat> I've got uh, it because boy I'm it's sorry. cool you got blue we got the pink yeah and so, like, being a woman is not, like, about having a vagina, but, like, she talks about, like, the tiniest, deepest, darkest parts of ourselves of all humans are pink, and that's so true. Cut a body open. I'm not saying cut a body But no, open. like, she's talking about the inside of your body. She talks about the, the she talks yeah. about the halls of your heart and things like that. Yeah. Yeah. So, it's, yeah, yeah it's, it's all about those sorts of things. It opens with her and her fly girls all decked out 
in like it, it's it's a ball it's like a ballet yoga number right they're like doing like plies and like and like chair squats kind of and they're wearing these fantastic labia pants yes you just yes. have to they are literally you just have to look at a picture so of I, them if you haven't seen it and you so just have to look at it i it looks it looks almost like um grapefruit but it's so in in the way that it is an abstraction of the vulva but it is so clearly the vulva yes. like all the imagery in this is so yonic and powerful that um i keep on watching this with lesbians or queer women being like isn't this the gayest piece of media i've ever seen me like the most um uh female centric gay piece of media but like also bro being honest it's just also the most like um femme-centric woman-centric not you know like human-centric but like it you've i've never seen anything quite this apologetically what it is and yet it is also so black centric you know like it is just it's magic generalities are flabby and weak specificity Mm -hmm. is is strong and gives someone something to bite onto yeah and so you need so i think what she's done here is by focusing very strongly on um, a a queer and black narrative. She has she has used that specificity to say like this is my truth. This is the story. This is the way it is for me and my experience. Given these things about me, but I'm also very generous with it with the specificity. So there are parts of it that are going to relate to you, even if that is not who you are and you can look at it and feel moved and touched. I will say this song makes me so pleased that I have a vagina. I have never been more pleased to have a vagina. I'm like, yeah, I do have the pink. That's amazing. Awesome. Yeah, totally. It does an amazing job of balancing both, um, fairly explicit allusions to cunnilingus, with things that are just general, generally related with femininity and also related with internal body workings and, like, deep, dark truths about oneself. Like, like where they talk about yeah. kinks where it all starts. We all come out of a vagina, no matter what. Like, we're all birthed. Yeah. Or, or, you know, some people have C-sections, obviously. But we we all come we out all of come a human out, body. And we all come out of... The and we all come, is pink. Yeah. We are yeah, and we all come pink. out of a, at least at, at least to some degree, female body. Like, that's that's who has the kids. Yeah. You know? So... Yeah. You have yeah. that. And then also, um, you know, and then also you have, um, just like, beautiful, girly, wonderful imagery. Yeah, now we have beautiful, reflective rose gold nails. We have close-ups on... Um, on underwear that's accentuated with like fake body hair that says things like sex cells with a C for cells. We have um, a wet cat being dropped on carpet that suddenly becomes dry, you know, wet pussies and uh, grapefruit and spit coming out of lips and um, like this collage of celebratory and sexual imagery that's very feminine. Yeah. And it's all so wonderfully girly. You know, I could see potentially people being like, well, this doesn't relate to me because I don't feel traditionally feminine. It's a lot easier for women to try to default to being more masculine and then gaining their power from that versus saying like, 
Actually, I do get I do get a lot of power from my pink nail polish. Like I do. I like it. It makes me feel powerful. Yeah. So I think that this is actually very subvertive in that way. Subversive in that way. One thousand like, percent. You yeah. know, you can tell this just this is a very uh, kind of, you know, basic example. But when you think about like a group of friends talking about shows you watched as a kid and if it's like a mixed group of people, you'll find that all of the like everybody watched Ninja Turtles. Right. If their parents let them. Everybody watched Ninja Turtles, but only the women watched My Little Pony, you know. So to have her kind of come out and and do a My Little Pony number and be like, this is where my power comes from. My power comes from from girly things. That's quite subversive, in my opinion. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I and I want to say so all this builds up. This is the overt love song in the emotion picture of Dirty Computer. And it is dedicated between two women. It's dedicated to Zen. And there's this moment that exists a bridge that is only in the motion picture. I just wanna I just wanna paint the town. I don't wanna hide my love. I just wanna hold your hand and be the one that you think of. When you need a holiday, when you wanna drink or say, I just wanna paint your toes and in the morning kiss your nose. Cause when I'm with you, I don't feel afraid. Maybe this love will indoctrinate. I echo every word that you say, the way you feel, yeah, I feel in the same way. Remember the night when I combed your hair. I hope he didn't freak you out when I stared. I donate my truth to you like I'm rich. The truth is love ain't got no off switch. So if the walls come tumbling down and if the ocean really does drown, and if my memories never come back, if we still remember when we were first naked at picture our faces in new oases, when we made love, we left many traces. Just like the blush that's on your cheeks deep inside, we're all just pink. And during the song, the two of them are just dancing together and then laying together and then just like holding each other. And sweet, beautiful, pink-hued, saturated moment of two gorgeous black women celebrating a moment of love by the specificity of that love story being woven into this already specific and lovely but also general story it just uplifts it um and bumps it up like 15 notches i agree 100 so. I, I i love it i love this song well let's so then we launch into make me feel so i do need to say like the i know we're talking about this in terms of the context of the movie but when this was released it was um i think the second video and at that point uh monet had not officially formally come out come funny because i called my uh, uh my partner uh, the time over and was like hey like you know this is that artist that i love and like i'm pretty positive she's gay like i mean i really do think she is and then li- literally the lyrics dive in and i just need to start you all with like what the moment was after i said that and then the lyrics are baby don't make me spell it out for you all the feelings I've got for you can't be explained, but I can try for you. Yeah, don't make me spell it out for you. You keep on asking the same questions. Why? And second guessing all my intentions should have known by the way I use my congressions that you've got the answer to my confessions. And the bottom line is literally while we're having this conversation, suddenly the lyrics start and they're like, why do I have to tell you this? I am obviously queer. And then because that's the product of the song is that it's we're exploring Jane being in love with these two different people. And so just the hilarity and irony of the fact that of course we were not the only people having that conversation. And then the song comes out. That's basically like, nah, come on, <laughs> let's just stop playing. I feel like there is and and you know, 
correct me, bring me correct if it's not the case. But I feel like there is sort of a tension. Certainly straight people tend to believe, I think, in kind of a crummy way that being bisexual is like either a phase or like it's greedy. I've heard that from both gay and straight people. Where you're like, oh, you just you you don't want to choose. You don't want to choose just one. But I feel like bisexuality, we're still pretty behind in that. Like, oh no, bi erasure is a very real thing and happens all the time. And I sometimes worry that I participate. I, in I that. think um, I think anybody who feels more on one end of the Kinsey scale does it without even thinking about it because it's it's not. Yeah, it's not about trying to like erase other people, but. It is more comfortable to just put a flag right. in the ground. Well, and we're nosy. Conversations about And we're nosy and we tend to like things that are cut and dried. So we're like, you like women or you like men? Like, what, in or out? What's what's the deal? What's the deal here? And and I think it's yep. very, it's like a very strong of her to kind of plant this flag. Like, make me feel is like just bathed in that bisexual lighting from Atomic Blonde even. <laughs> like, she's like very yeah. clear that this is what she's doing. Although she's pan, not bi. Yeah. But you know what I'm saying. That's what they call it. That, that, that's what, no, but, that's but, what but the, totally. but, but that's the, what the, the is... bisexual in- intelligentsia calls it, right? The bisexual lighting. Yeah. yeah. For me, this was the Q-E-E-R, you know, song because I just needed I needed some sort of recognition that she was definitively queer because I will go forever if someone doesn't say it being like, I really want you to be <laughs> So like <laughs> so that was that was really necessary for me. But yeah, no, it, it is also really powerful and even more subversive to be like when that, those moments where <laughs> the music just like the music does this like thing and she like is drawn between like running back and forth between zen and uh they did something cool they did something cool lighting so when i said a bisexual lighting if you if you are not aware um it's when in atomic blonde to communicate uh that charlie's theron's character is a bisexual they lit a lot of it with like um equal parts pink and blue lighting and so yeah, two very distinct. Yeah, which made it look really cool. Um, lights are because people colorful. look beautiful mm-hmm. in like a lavender light. It's gorgeous, but like that was like very like a very literal way of communicating that to the audience. And everything in this music video is lit in that light. And then in the scene, there's a like the scene you described where she's running back and forth between Zen and Shay. When she runs to Zen, they're bathed in blue, and when she runs to Che, they're bathed in pink. And I thought it was like a kind of like lampshading the whole lighting thing, where she's like, you know what? Where she's sure. like, it's not really like as cut and dried as one as one might think. Like, yeah, exactly. I'm not playing right. this game where it's like we're blue and then we're pink, where you think that's what it should be. Well, and and I think also coming off of a song that's literally like we've got the pink. Like, is a very fun and yeah. cheeky way of her sort of saying, like, everybody wants roles and there are power in roles, but also, like, at some point, it's all kind of nonsense. Or it's all just sort of arbitrary. And everything mixes together and blends and it's not, you can't just, you can't just, like, put things in neat little boxes all the time. And that's okay. Or yeah. she's, well, she's, in fact, pleading with us to allow, to, to, like allow her to do this she's she's saying she can't help it like that's it you know she's pleading with us to understand that this is not going to change about her no i yeah i her chorus uh or her pre-chorus i guess this moment where like the music 
feel like it's the least princely the music sounds. Like it feels very contemporary. The like, it's like I'm powerful with a little bit of tender and emotional sexual bender. Mess me up, yeah. No one does it better. There's nothing better, and not the lyrics, but like the music is very like which is like so much like it's not that that wasn't a space prince could occupy but it's a lot more do you know what i'm picking are you picking up what i'm putting down i i think it'll be might be hard to translate but like i mean the the prince the prince part of this is the is the that's that's the prince part yeah the part where she's the part where she's wearing glittery pants and dancing exactly like prince is the prince part Exactly. Not the part where she's crawling sexually. I love, I love that part. It's like, yeah. So this is this is another song where I feel like it backs up my um, Jane is a is is a robot. One of uh, many of her production line is we go into this room and like she she and Zen are walking in and dancing and they see this musician and they both see the musician uh in like in the what looks like the plot scene um and it is uh another model of jane's uh particular model robot uh just happens to be blonde and a singer at this like club and at some point um this little blonde haired robot hits on jane and jane kind of like rolls her eyes a little bit about it but then like we see um what i'm imagining is jane's like know like imagination projecting onto this robot that is the same make a model like when she runs back and forth between the two people but the bottom line is i haven't thought a lot about this at all guys and you all should definitely think a lot about whether or not this is jane is you know one of uh of 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 many jane uh make a model robots. i mean at the very least you could say potentially there are more people who feel the way that jane feels than people that don't definitively <laughs> like so yeah like yeah there are many people who feel like that's just the way that you make yeah. them feel no yeah. i just love i just love her being like yeah american american apparel all those ads you tried to do you didn't do it right because you didn't have polka dotted lips and you weren't you weren't sending a woman oh my powered. god you didn't have sheer jeans with just the pockets that are like denim and embroidered like roses all over them. I mean, guys, this music video is my sexuality. All right. <laughs> like if we're just distilling it down to a moment, it's the polka dot lips. It's the sheer jeans. It is the mask and also matching like glittery bikini. It is the dancing. Like we are in an eighties Prince movie, but if like we filmed it now with women having more rights and screen time, you know, like, and I just like, I'm, I'm here for it you're right this is like the lead single and i am so here for it it's i would wild. just like to say so, um, i would just like to say that this 100 made it onto my works barbecue mix so i listen to this song all the time with my coworkers. consider yeah um yeah okay so in between this we have is this is this a... yeah so this is when we flash back and um and this is this is that moment wherein Jane's really sad because she feels like they're taking everything away from her. They're taking away her memories, and she's just feeling um, so awful. And Zen says to her, "Thinking will only make it harder." And she's trying to like urge Jane to accept this because um, people used to work so hard to be free, but we're lucky here. All 
we have to do is forget. And Jane says, but I don't want to forget you. And Sin looks like startled and struggles and says, you don't have a choice. And it's this magical moment because Sin's right. Thinking is the thing that makes it harder. If we could just never mind everything and clear our minds out and not pay attention to it, um, that'd be much easier. I think we all are aware that there's a why they say ignorance is bliss but ignorance is also privilege it's privilege of being able to just ignore something and not be living it and it's only after like literally their whole lives are destroyed that they're able to be quote free and i think that this whole piece is an empowerment anthem because well let's go back to cameron phillips's words um as cameron phillips said the entire purpose because this is a where I'm quoting someone else and it's not Mary and I's original work and ideas. Good. <laughs> Great. Just this one part. This is the part in the YouTube video where <laughs> we not... post something that we don't have the copyright to and we're like, I don't own this. Yeah, right. Well, I'm, but my point is, if we're not setting our sources, well, that's, all that's That's up, right. Baby. We're, we're well, real well, smart well, otherwise. Real smart. Real smart. <laughs> but, but I'm really trying to promote, you know, black queer female voices because I'm white and awesome because literally be an ally jerks yeah. also 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 <laughs> read stuff yeah also read a read, stuff. <laughs> read a book read a anyway. motherfucking book <laughs> but, <laughs> so this is where cameron phelps says the entire purpose of this emotion picture the entire entire purpose of this album maybe even the entire purpose of janelle monet's life right now is to remind us that whatever the circumstances we do still have a choice we can give in to the never mind, we can conform and allow others to us of all the things that make us dirty, or we can realize that whatever challenge lies in front of us, love can overcome it. Mm-hmm. We do feel like, you know, well, Mary Apple's like very jaded and uh and Jane's sad because we've seen the memory of them first meeting and she's right, she doesn't remember anymore because we've seen it be erased. So Well, also um, this is the first time that I'm like, oh, Zen does remember. <laughs> like yeah, she well because she seems choked up by the like you don't have a choice. Like she's still there's something there. There's something that wasn't deleted. This is where you forget your first hint that potentially um, this cleaning process is not quite as uh, thorough as one might think it is. Is what I will say. Agreed. And then we segue into our dear Zen going to approaching um, the mother, <laughs> mother. Uh, to talk yeah mother to talk about uh the fact that jane seems to know her and remember things about her um and the mother the head uh torch is wearing this amazing uh gold geometric uh kind of color detail thing that's very large and goes over you know like those like puritanical like just rounded colors and a gold Sorry, a gold geometric uh, headpiece crown uh, ensemble. Mary, you want to I talk do. about a, a bit? About so before this? this, and Zen is wearing the same clothes that um, Janelle Monet is wearing, but she has her hair done um, not in a big fabulous braid with a gold ring in the end of it. She has it kind of like tucked up in a bun. And then on top of it, she had this thing that I interpreted as a veil. It's like made out of probably two inch long um, pieces of gold 
like tubing and kind of geometrically like arranged in triangles and kind of cascades down her head. And I was like, oh, it's like, it, it looks amazing. It's very beautiful. But then when we, yeah. I saw her interacting with this woman who seems to be like kind of her supervisor in this world, I was, who straight up looks like an angel, like, like a, like an angel <laughs> in a Christmas pageant kind of thing. I realized, mm-hmm. I think what they're doing is they are building a class structure, wh- which implies that the supervisor totally. is is in her place of power because she has some sort of kind of divine ability. And Zen is not wearing a veil. Maybe it is. But I think it's a hairnet. I think that she is a worker. I think she is clad in the garb of people who do tasks that are incre- that have high touch, right? Like people who work with your food have to wear hairnets and things like that, but are generally not well-paying. And that is what's going on here. And then I started paying attention and I was like, oh, this is the only white woman we see in this show. <laughs> like, this is it. All of the other women who work at this facility are hairnetted up and they are all black. She's the only white woman. And yep. so she is sitting in this position of power, whereas... Her little worker bees, her torches, are the ones who have to hold people's hands while they cry and have to take the risk and put on the gas masks when the Nevermind shows up. And she... And, and be surrounded by that kind of um, that kind of emotional vulnerability of, like, having to be around... Yeah, like, not only are they holding hands while people cry, but, like, they're dealing with all of the backlash. Some of them might be violent. And, you know, I probably would be if it was lose my mind or um kill someone yeah sorry guys. yeah absolutely so I, I just thought it was kind of an interesting little uh, little taste of class which i think that janelle monet famously has dealt with for a long time she would wear and she still does occasionally wear really like sharp suits and she almost entirely dressed in black and white and when asked about her style she was like well my mom um, cleaned houses for a living, and she had a uniform, and my dad was a garbage uh, collector, and he had a uniform, and this is my uniform. This is what I wear when I perform. And sort of this like this power that she took in noticing that when you put on certain uniforms, people treat you a certain way because that is conscripted to you by yeah. society. I thought that it was – I would be surprised if it wasn't a little send-up to her mom in that moment, another woman who had to wear a hairnet, who had to go – and, and help people ke- clean themselves, like keep their lives clean, literally, I think is in this moment. Additionally, this also sent me down somewhat of a rabbit hole where I thought about kind of the whole idea of cleaning and in relation to race. And we've talked about that a lot, like over the years, like people, people are um, the theme of cleaning um people in American history is, is very real and it's always terrible. Um, so we have, you know, of course, uh, trail of tears and, um, and, and racial cleansing, right. That, that is consistent throughout. We talk about racial cleansing when we mean just push all the people of color out. So we just have white people. Um, and then you also have, when we talk about, uh, when we talk about eugenics, usually they would talk about it as sterilization 
of black and poor people because they were like, well, these people can't afford to have, uh, you know, have children. And um, in North Carolina had a famous eugenics program that ran for a really long time. It ran from like the 20s up until the mid 70s. And the way that they got away with that is they deemed these people feeble minded and they needed to be sanitized so that we could protect ourselves from those people. Terrible. Furthermore, conversion therapy. That's like (laughs) conversion therapy where we take people and we're like, you have dirty thoughts that are not pure and we're going to clean them all out. Scrub them clean so that you can come out. And be and be angelic like me. And so they dress these. They, they dress the torches. They dress all of these women. It's always a woman. It's always a Mary Apple number, to help people through this. And they dress them like cleaning ladies to do it. It's dark. It's really dark. <laughs> it's real dark. And then um, it leads us into our first moment that doesn't seem like it's from Jane's perspective. Uh, at the end of the scene, wherein um, Mary Apple has gone to talk. To the mother and ask and say that I she remembers me she knows things about me she's telling me about me and the mother's basically like you know um that's a, a dirty mind will say whatever it wants to be saved this will all be over when she becomes cleansed and then maybe she'll join us you know and then we can be done with all this nonsense basically and you know Zin says yes mother but stands there looking like kind of horrified and distressed. And then we, instead of having another music video, we have this kind of montage of a night at the beach over, over the music from a song that's on the album called Don't Judge Me. And um, it's the three of them on the beach together and um, Jane and Zen kiss and hold each other and Jane and Che kiss and hold each other. And, it's just a celebration of all these kinds of people and this love. And it's this magical moment. And this is when we see that, um, that Zen sketched out the, the tattoo, the feminine Jesus on the cross. And, um, the, 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 that she, that she's the one who gave her that tattoo. Um, and it's just this beautiful, heartbreaking, uh, scenery that like, if it, just existed entirely on its own wouldn't be sad at all oh i just realized that tattoo it's not just feminine jesus um it's like a feminine you know jesus on the cross with a with a television as a head as a television as a head a monitor. that's awesome <laughs> yes yeah no it's incredibly dope um it's only you're back in jane's room and she wakes up to mary apple stroking her tattoo because I do believe that was Mary yeah. Apple remembering or at least that. A, at least a shared and a shared memory of some sort. Yeah, exactly. And and she basically, you know, says, so, you know, like ask her if she remembers. And she says she does, but it's too late uh, because a bunch of people in gold masks are there to get her. So terrified looking Jane. Um, in this dark, stark, sterile sci-fi world, gets taken down a hallway. She tries walking, and um, whatever they do to incapacitate them makes it very hard, in addition to the devastation of knowing that you're walking to your demise. I might still exist, but if I'm not me, if I don't know me, if I don't remember me, am I even really still 
who I am, what we're taking out by wiping these memories, by shocking brains is essentially erasing this person. So um, after Zen helps her walk and says, just walk and she gets left alone in this blue um, smoke filled room um, where fog comes at her from every side as Zen backs away. Um, it's sort of like um, it's sort of like if you filled a Krispy Kreme um, glaze fountain, like glaze waterfall, with Nevermind. That's what I thought it was. That was what I thought the walk was like. Yep. It's like a conveyor belt taking you through the Nevermind. Yeah, and so the next scene that we see, uh, it's it's from the POV of the person, and they're walking in the hallway, and there's a bunch of people like smiling. At her and nodding towards her, including oh, mother. She looks so scary in that part. And mother. And uh, uh, then the doors open on a room, and you see uh, Che sitting there, who is now dressed all in the white garb too, and whose hair has been braided to be close to uh, his head and in, in, in kind of a halo fashion. And suddenly, in typical sci fi style, the camera cuts to um a different perspective where we can finally see the person whose point of view we were seeing before and it's jane uh saying good morning Shay, patient number whatever um and he says jane she says i'm mary apple 54 and i'm your torch that means i'm here to bring you from the darkness into the light and there's a at screen, it says "dirty computer." And if you were Kate Whitney, the first time you watched this, you turned off you turned it off. You turned it off and had a little. Well, that's I had a big cry. Yeah, yeah, you really kind of did. You're like, is there a sequel? And you start like googling. I'm not kidding. This all happened. However, if you have more patience than I do as a human, you will notice that there's like still like many minutes left, and um, by that I mean more than four. And sit through the credits where suddenly well, you have a, a big reveal. Dun, dun, dun. Wherein you're still back at the room with uh, Jane and Che, but they get interrupted by the appearance of Mary Apple in a mask with her hands behind her back, who then whips out the two masks she's hiding uh, and says, let's go. Because they decided that while they wouldn't hurt a fly, that uh, they would put a fly to sleep. So they blessed everyone with Nevermind. And they make a victorious escape uh, down the hallway to the song Americans after you watch everyone fall asleep. So when this happened, here's what I... I don't know. I'm going to suggest something. I don't think that they can erase anything. I don't think that people are programmable in that way. I think that they can voyeuristically view what people have, like their, their feelings and their personalities and their memories and their identities. And then they can leverage torture and, for, and, um, and sedation in a way that makes people not care about those things anymore or suppress them. I don't think that they can get rid of anything. And I think the only thing they know how to do is knock people out. And that I think is very indicative of the time we live in. We don't know how to treat people's illnesses. We only give them things to comfort them. I think that's what they're doing here. 
And that's why I think that all of this stuff works and all of these people still have their memories. That we are, it is a literal mirror holding up of the repression of and oppression that we give towards people to keep them from being free and joyful. This is conversion therapy. They don't don't actually have any technology to help you do anything. They're just making you Yeah, they don't actually correct They're just anything. making you feel terrible about yourself for kind of no reason and it's not it it doesn't work and you just kind of live in a state of numbness for the rest of your life. That's my theory. I really love that comparison conversion theory. I would not have um said that because I really do I really believed uh, Jane, when she said, I don't even remember when we met, but, um, I think everything you're saying sounds really on point. Um, it's, I mean, it's like it all, I think it's, I think it's no, all yeah. right. I think if you asked, if you asked Janelle Monet, she might have a definitive answer, but she might just be like, I don't know. It's art. You figure it out. <laughs> well, no, no, no. But like, but I, 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 I think that is a well reasoned argument and, uh, kudos because, I think that that comparison with uh, conversion therapy is definitely something that, like, she is considering thinking about. And you're right. They don't have any technology for that. Work. Yeah. We just, we just like, isolate, uh, vilify, oppress, and treat poorly someone. And then are like, well, am I going to keep on doing this to you or are you fixed yet? Yeah. And Until you say, fine, I'm fixed. Fine, I'll be quiet. Fine, I won't. I won't. I won't exactly. do the thing you don't like exactly. anymore. Exactly. Yeah. I, that's why. That's, yeah. That was my theory behind behind the end. Because this is sort of weird. You're like, wait, so she remembers stuff? Like, wait, hold on. But if the only thing they have is the Nevermind, then the gas masks are all they need to escape. The only thing you need to escape this situation is to not go quietly into, into the place where you're too tired to care anymore. Boy, there was so much engaging on this visual and auditory medium that was also a sci-fi story, that was also about queerness, that was also about blackness, that was also about being a woman, that was also about politics. And let me just say, rich shit. That is what I am here for in the science fiction genre and why I'm so happy to be co-hosting Space Bros with my lovely and amazingly talented best friend for life co-host i love it too i'm really glad we did this you, you this was your suggestion and i'm so glad we did it um i think it was perfect mm. and i just hope that we get so much more because i'm greedy i want more and more and more of this kind of stuff me too i am i too am greedy i want all the diverse narratives i want all the science fiction i want all the freshness all the newness all the funness all the all the everything but also I want more Janelle Monet and Tessa Thompson um, potentially making sweet love. Damn. Are you going to get to see, I don't know if you're going to see that, but are you going to get to see uh, Janelle Monet this year? Hell yeah. Nice. I'm seeing her uh, July 6th at Summerfest. Huzzah. Mary, what are we going to talk about next episode? Well, next episode, we'll be discussing the 2018, hey, that's this year, film <laughs> Annihilation, directs, directed by Alex Garland and starring Natalie Portman, Tessa Thompson, hey, we just talked about her, Gina Rodriguez, and Jennifer Jason Lee. Ooh. Also, recapping movies, uh, it's a lot less pressure because when I quote from them, I don't feel like I should maybe be singing. Well, that's where you and I differ because I always feel a <laughs> quite strong need to sing on all of my podcasts in all times, in life, all the time. 
<laughs> including now. Thank you for listening to Space Bros. Head over to Apple Podcasts or the platform of your choice to subscribe, rate, or leave us a review. And be sure to visit OutrageousMechanisms.com slash space dash bras to see our show notes and find other excellent podcasts. Excellent. And now, join us as we raise our glasses and give the official toast of Space Bras. In these troubled times, we must remember that even though everyone might suck, we are awesome and the galaxy is ours. Cheers! Cheers! Outrageous, outrageous mechanisms production. production. production.